think parenting takes a lot of faith out of the gate because you're given this child and at first it seems easy, right? You just got to change diapers, feed them, kind of keep them alive. But then you start to realize they have their own personalities and they start, they came hardwired, right? By God. And (laughs) now you're having to figure out how do we actually parent them in a way that maybe doesn't hurt their feelings, that we're not doing it because we're angry? How do we discipline them? How do we parent them with faith? Because we don't see the outcome. We may see the behavior end or change in the moment, but we don't see the outcome of our consistent discipleship and training and Hmm. discipline until they're 10, 12, 18, 20 years down the the line. And so I think that parenting arguably takes a lot of faith and not in ourselves, but faith in God. The question is, how do we parent with more faith? Yeah. How do we have faith-filled parenting? Right. So we'll discuss that today. We'll see you on the other side. Like I said, faith-filled, not fear-filled. I feel like moms, at least I have struggled with a lot of fear as a mom hmm. in how I parent. Yeah. I mean, we fear that you know our kids are going to get hurt, or, like really hurt, or maybe they'll get sick. Those are some of the fears that can kind of be in your heart and your mind. And so not having a fear-filled source of parenting, right? Yeah. But actually being faith-filled and God and his goodness helps us with that. Yeah, I mean, even, Leads a, us. <laughs> even as dads, I feel like, um, I mean, not just me, I feel this and I've talked to other dads who feel the same way, is you almost feel this, the sense that your time is running so short. Yeah. And one of a good friends in our church, he says, I've only got 10 more summers with yeah. my oldest. And he's a big hunter, kind of camper, loves to fish, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I've got 10, 10 more summers. We live in the Northwest and summertime is when you better get outside, you better enjoy it because, yeah. you know, eight months out of the year, it's pretty gray and drizzly and rainy. So yeah, we tend to parent out of fear even in that. Like I have to do all the things because if I don't do all the things, then I will yeah. miss out and I won't, our kids will be grown and we won't have the memories that, I, that I'm hoping that they'll have with us. Right. I deal with that a lot yeah. with our <laughs> girls. So it drives me to, to make decisions maybe more rashly than I should at times. Um, but for better or worse, here we are. Here we are. So uh, before we do that, if you haven't yet, if you're just finding this channel, my name's Ryan. This is my Selena. wife, Selena. Uh, we've been ministering to marriages and to parents uh, for the better part of our ma- marriage, really. We've been yeah. married going on 19 years. Yeah. And so um, we've been talking to families. Our whole goal with this work is to point families to Christ, mm-hmm. to renormalize the Christian vision for the household, because it is so utterly compelling to have a household that's rooted in the things of God, that is is marked by mutual mm-hmm. service, by mm-hmm. sacrificial love. Uh, we just, we think that's the most compelling vision for the home, and uh, we love talking about it. So if you want to support that mission, you can just hit that like button, subscribe uh, to this channel, to this podcast. Uh, you can also leave a rating and a review or leave a comment yeah. or a question. We love seeing those as well. Um, or you could uh, more tangibly, if you feel led to go to the next level, just go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. There are some options there uh, to tangibly lock arms with us. So today, faith-filled <laughs> parenting. And I, I want to really emphasize, I love how you've made the contrast between fear-based or fear-filled and faith-filled. Right? I think fear can creep in, I mean, even to the most confident of parents. 
uh, and the most Hmm. seasoned of parents. I think fear is just always a battle as believers that we face fear of missing out. I mean, Hmm. that started in the garden with uh, Eve and the serpent. You know, are you, there's this unknown thing that you're facing and is God trying to keep you from something, right? There's just this, this seed of fear. Hmm. Uh, but by God's grace and by the power that he's given us, we don't have to live in fear. We are, we can live in freedom and faith, uh, that he has equipped us to parent our children, to disciple our children, Hmm. and to bring them up in the things of God. And so we are going to talk about kind of that struggle today, how to not slip back into those survival uh, ways of parenting. We're going to look at Matthew 14, 2 Peter 1, and Hebrews 12, uh, talking about Jesus walking on water. Second Peter talking about how we've been given all that we need uh, yeah. for life and godliness, and then in Hebrews uh, talks about discipline and how that can. I don't think we need to be afraid when we're disciplining our Mm-mm. children. I think that was a battle and a struggle I kind of faced because you have your own family of origin, right? And how maybe you remember experiencing discipline, mm-hmm. and you love your children and you want to give them good things, right? We're made in God's image. He he. he he is our father. He wants to give us good things. And so we naturally fall into that category as parents wanting to give our kids good things. And disciplining can often feel like it's not good. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. And do they really need it? <laughs> you start it, questioning those things. I think at some point we should um, maybe unpack that idea of discipline even more. Because for sure, discipline is not just the consequence. That's right. not discipline. Discipline is seven steps leading up to that. Right. Of right. showing them the way, training them in how to walk in the way, pointing them back to right. the way and encouraging them in, in that. It's the uh, the discipline that we often think of as discipline, the negative part. Right. It feels very negative. It's still positive. Right. But we the, just think about the action of like, oh, you just lost your privilege for this. Oh, you might get a, a spanking. Dare I say it on YouTube? Uh <laughs> Or you might have lost, you know, time to do whatever it is. And so it's not, that's not discipline. I think in the biblical sense, there are. There's far more to far it more than to just it, which that, we'll discuss that consequence. A bit. Yeah. So again, this conversation is sent around. We don't have to just survive as parents. We don't have to live in fear and uh, how we parent and disciple our children, but we can actually mm. live in faith. And we see this in the Bible. We see God coming into our midst right? Coming in Hmm. in a miraculous way. And I think that this Matthew 14 talks about Jesus walking on water. And it came to me because of what he says to Peter at the end. So we'll just read it real quick. It's just 10 verses. I know that sounds like a lot of people. (laughs) No. Jesus walks on water immediately. Matthew 14, 22. He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain, onto the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came Mm. to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered Mm. him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Mm. 
So we see a lot happening yeah. here. And I think metaphorically, you can see how this applies to parenting. <laughs> Maybe not, but we'll walk through a few pieces mm. of that. Uh, the boat and the disciples, right? Us and our kids being together. The mm. wind and the waves, like the life and the struggles and the mm. fights that we have with our children, the disagreements, they all start coming. They all start coming at us. Yeah, no, that, that's a perfect analogy, I think, for the Christian faith even, yeah. that when we... Um, find ourselves beaten by the waves, so to speak, right? And we, we, at some point in our lives, we saw Christ, we beheld him. Yeah. In many ways, he's, he's terrifying because he's asking everything from us. He's saying, take up your cross and follow me. He's saying, sell everything, like put down your nets, follow me, yeah. right? That's terrifying. But what does Jesus say in response? He, he says, no, take heart. It's me. Like, right. it's okay. Remember who I Remember am. Remember who I am, yeah. right? And then he calls us out. <laughs> he calls us out in faith. We step out, you know, a lot of times, even in ignorance or in naive, naivety, naivete, is that how you say that? <laughs> We're naive. <laughs> we step out in faith and then our, our, our doubts yeah. can take over. His first response, uh, when we cry out to him, okay, remember this is the kind of parallel to the journey, parallel to parenting, parallel to so much <laughs> in life. But we see more than anything else, I think we see the gospel in this because when we start to sink, our only knee-jerk reaction must be if we are to be faith-filled people, Lord, save me. Mm -hmm. Save me. You alone will save. Mm -hmm. You save me. And what does he do? He reaches out and saves us. And then, okay, as the loving Lord that he is says, what did you think? Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Look, at, I'm, look at who I am. Right. Look at, I not only will save you, but you don't have to sink. Right. We and can trust even on the water. Right, even a few, like a step before that, they saw him and then they thought they were they were afraid. And I think that, mm -hmm. like you were saying, we see Christ and we see what he's asking of us, even though he had not said come out of the boat yet, but we see him and we're terrified mm -hmm. by the image, the cost, whatever it is. And he says, take heart, it is I. Do yeah. not be afraid. So just when we're confronted with our lack, our struggles, our... Mm slipping back into our surface level ways of parenting of just ending the fighting stopping the bad habit whatever the way that we can really press deeper into that and start teaching our kids about how to make peace with their mm. siblings how we can be generous with one another as a family parent to child child to mm. child is saying okay it's jesus right mm. he is the one that is here yeah. we can take heart we don't have to be afraid of trying to learn some new things about how to love our children well, about how to learn to repent to them, things that we don't always know. That's okay. That's okay. Jesus bids us to come out onto the water mm. by ourselves? No. no. With him. And the second, again, it's it's all a big like gospel kind of experience, right? Of, mm. of salvation experience in some ways of you're coming to the Lord, you're seeing what he's asking you to do as a parent, right? That's a big task and a blessing. And he says, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. And he said, come. Mm. And then Peter starts stepping on the water. I can only imagine that experience. But then what, are, what does he start doing? He said, like all of us, like the Israelites in the mm -hmm. desert, like all of us, we see miraculous things. We hear the message. We're encouraged. Yes, Ryan and Selena, <laughs> we're encouraged. We want to parent well. And then we start looking around at us and our two-year-old is yeah. much worse than we thought. And our oh, five-year-old is uh, unaware of anything in her in her life except herself. And then our eight-year-old just has attitude, right? Like we're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the waves, the storm. <laughs> what do we do? And we say what you said, Lord, save me. 
Lord, yeah. save us, help us. And Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did, why did Peter doubt when he looked at the waves? Yeah. Because he was thinking, how am I going to stand on these waves? Right? Yeah. And look we, how big they are and how overcome, how um, insurmountable yeah. they are. Yeah. 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 So his gaze essentially went to everywhere but Christ. And I think mm. his, and then the natural tendency of looking to himself, of how he, he yeah. was going to sustain himself out on these waves. Right. Wow. And wow. so it's convicting. Yes. It's convicting. And, it, and I think the, maybe one thing we can glean from that, we have more to cover here, but is, that we still walk out the steps of faith yeah. even when we feel like it's not working. Right. And why can we do that? Because we are equipped yeah. as parents, as believers. We have been equipped mm. to parent our children, to live the life that Christ has called us to live. We go to Second Peter for this. Second uh, Peter 1, uh, verse 3, we'll start. Mm. This is Confirm Your Calling and Election. That's the title of this. It says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness mm. through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this mm. very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with your with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Mm. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus wow. Christ. Forever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So rich. The thing that jumps out to me in that is that he says, supplement your faith mm-hmm. with these things. Yes. All right. So we're saved by faith alone, through grace alone. Mm-hmm. Um, by faith in Christ alone, mm-hmm. right, and and that that is that is solved, right, and and many would kind of debate, you know, well, if you had to believe, then it's not really faith alone. It's 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 not only grace alone. You have to have faith. Well, I don't think faith faith's not a work, right, in in the sense that other things are works. That's why I think it's so interesting to hear Peter articulating in this way, because faith is. The, the beginning, right? That right. kind of seals the deal. And then he's saying, now supplement the main thing mm-hmm. with these very vital things. Um, where's that passage here? I want to, uh, he says, supplement it with virtue. Okay, mm-hmm. so what, are now, now we're called to do works? Well, yeah, no, you are. Faith without works is dead. We're not called to be saved by works, but we still are called to them. We're still called to be virtuous, to mm-hmm. live virtuous lives, to strive for virtue. Now, we don't strive for those things hoping that God will then love us as a result. No, we strive for those things because we have a loving God who has already saved us yeah. and has called us. Now, as parents, how do we strive for virtue? Okay, so I, if you're watching this, you're listening to this, you're saying, I place my faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now let's walk that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's strive for virtue. Let's strive for, uh, what is it, knowledge mm-hmm. and, and self-control, steadfastness. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do we strive for virtue as parents? Well, one of the things we can do the best <laughs> for our children, one of the best things we can do for our children, there it is, is we can model repentance to right. them. Right. And that is, I, I think it's that, that's very visible striving for virtue, saying, son, daughter, I have sinned. I've sinned against 
God, I've sinned against maybe your mother. I've sinned against you, child. I didn't handle this well. I didn't maybe keep my word like I should have. Uh, That is wrong. And I want that to be out of my life. And so the way to get that out of my life is I repent of it. I'm repenting to God. Repent to your mother. I'll repent to you. And son, daughter, watch as I strive for virtue. Why? Because I'm supplementing my faith in Christ Mm -hmm. with the actions of the faith. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Mm. So again, we have been given the Holy Spirit to counsel us. We have been given all that we need. We have access to God through prayer, which was not something that Mm. was available to people and believers in the Old Testament. Uh, We have the Bible. We are more than equipped to parent Mm. our children in the midst of the darkness and evil that is surrounding and on the earth today. And we jump over to Hebrews real quick, Hebrews 12, uh, to talk about how God disciplines and how he calls, right? Mm. And so this call to endurance, we see, I'll start, I guess, in verse uh, one. (laughs) Sounds like a good place to start. (laughs) Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Mm. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I got to stop on verse three. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners. We endure some hostility as parents from our children who are little sinners, and we cannot grow weary in that. We cannot lose heart. We don't have Mm. to lose heart, right? Christ has come. He says in verse four, in uh, your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart when Mm. he rebukes you for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son he receives. Endure suffering as a discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father. If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Furthermore, we have all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Should we not much more submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a short time as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields a harvest Mm. of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. So the author in Hebrews in one swoop has spoken to this topic of mm-hmm. parenting. Now, he's not talking about parenting. He's talking about the life of a believer, and right. we're here applying it right. to parenting. And what I see, or what I want to get out of this text, and uh, I think you can, is we have both sides of this coin of, I feel the frustration, the trial mm-hmm. of parenting children where I can't see the fruit right away. Right. And that is wearying. <laughs> it's tiring. <laughs> I want to give up. I just want to... Go do whatever the shortcut is, right. right? Give them the screen or, you know, give them whatever they're asking for, begging for, or just ignore them. Whatever the shortcut is, I want to do that. And the author of Hebrews, of Hebrews is, is saying, no, endure that well. Yeah. Endure it well. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is we see the love that we can extend to our children through mm. how we discipline them, the way that the Lord is, is disciplining us. Right. And I think that's, uh, a pause and a caveat moment too, because perhaps some of you have endured abuse and it was under the name of discipline and that's not right. 
uh, I think there is a of right course. way to discipline and there's a wrong way. And, and discipline is not just the rod. Right. It's not just right. whatever that negative thing that you're thinking right now is. Not you, Selena, but whoever's yeah, listening, watching. No. Uh, discipline is an act of love and it's an ongoing and it starts way before that final. Right. Well, and if you look at the word disciple and discipline, there's a whole like. <laughs> funny how they're similar. Funny yeah. how that those work. But I, we've read lots. There's lots of books out there, lots of resources about how to discipline well. And I think three keys. You touched on one of them that I've that have stuck with me throughout this mm. journey of learning to parent with faith and to discipline, having faith that it's going to produce the fruit mm. uh, yeah. that God intends right discipline order boundaries these allow our children to grow and flourish so um the first one and i think it was either out of a, a trip book or a dobson book uh was m- my motivation when when i discipline i can't discipline out of anger i have to examine my motivations for discipline is it just a simple annoyance that they're hmm. being loud or is there an actual disobeying of i said hey we need to have indoor voices and you are now screaming your head off. This does not equate. <laughs> uh, so and I've said indoor voices a dozen times, <laughs> and still you love to scream, right? Yeah. And so examining our motivation for why, because uh, there is. I mean, we talk about anger. God talks about anger in the Bible. We talk about it a lot in fierce marriage, uh, and also mm-hmm. fierce parenting. But there's a close relation to uh, anger and lack of forgiveness and uh, just deep sin there. So motivation when we discipline why are we disciplining because the why often i think uh, helps with the how Mm. if that makes sense absolutely uh the afterwards so allow the child to sit in their own kind of discipline in their consequence Mm -hmm. we'll say that because that's a better word in their consequence but be quick to open your arms be quick to draw them close because again discipline is not just a one and done i'm taking the screen i'm doing this you're gonna have a fit whatever mm-hmm. the discipline is okay i you see that these feelings are real i said this this is what happened this is the this is the consequence now let me bring you close let me dry your tears let's talk about why this happened but let's first talk about how much i love you i will always love you and how much god loves you mm-hmm. so i think it's key that we the afterward part of this discipleship process is more important than the actual rod of discipline. Yeah. And then again, this is a whole spectrum that, and you're talking about the kind of the the final stages of it, Mm -hmm. which are very necessary and very good. But on on the same line of thought, we can't expect them to know things we've never taught them. Yes. Amen. Right. We've never, we can't expect them to do things we've never, never trained them how to do. Absolutely. Then all of a sudden, We've never taught them the importance of self-control. We've mm-hmm. never taught them what it looks like to control yourself. Or be patient. And now, all of a sudden, we are we are now correcting Angry with them, them. Yeah. because they're not doing the things that we didn't teach them to do. Right. Or we didn't take the time. Right. Or we aren't consistent. So th- there's a lot to this conversation. Absolutely. And, and I think we can get discouraged in that whole process. We feel like, I have taught them. I have shown them. I have been patient. And here they are, not responding. And I think the encouragement here is that never underestimate the power of the gospel and how it can, in our own lives, and how we model it to them through the patience, the forgiveness, the um, the grace that we show mm-hmm. to them, and also the loving correction that we mm-hmm. show to them. Right. We can't lose heart in that process because right. that's exactly what Peter's talking about. That's what Hebrews is talking about. And I think this, you touched on this already. Uh, this is the last piece to this how we can discipline well is modeling repentance. And as believers, that's 
that is our, yeah. our our way of living, right? Modeling repentance. When we sin against one another, we apologize, we ask for forgiveness, and we should be doing this with our children, yeah. uh, repenting to them when we sin against them. They are made in God's image. They're mm-hmm. not lesser people. Uh, when we repent to them, it speaks volumes about what we believe, who we believe in, and our loving Father who doesn't want us to just... Yeah sit in the sin, be angry, shove them off to the side and then go on to the next thing. I think that's where a lot of the, uh, where the tension comes when kids grow up and they come to know God, but they didn't see it modeled well with their parents. And yeah, we went to church, but my parents just disciplined me and then that was it. Like we didn't have any other conversations. There was nothing else around that. Like you were talking about. Yeah. That gives rise to that kind of resentment, that bitterness. If they hear you and never see you. Right, and that's out those are the faith. That you're saying. Those are faith part pieces because it's yeah. hard to repent to children. That's why I'm convinced one of the best things we can do for our kids is model that repentance. Yeah. And like you said, it has lots of benefits. I love how it in, it brings you closer to your child because yeah. now you've brought your sin to them and you've repented for sinning against them or around them or just. And now all of a sudden they have they know that that's bad. And if they our daughters yeah. like. <laughs> Sometimes I'll say a, a off limits word, right? And it's not a swear word, but it's something I don't want them saying. Yeah. But like I, I feel like I should be able to say it, and they'll tell <laughs> they'll me. They'll let like, you know. They'll let you Daddy, know. you shouldn't say that. that. They shouldn't say this. And things. that's that's kind of a silly example, but the point is that they they will begin to see kind of impatience in us. And Della, our oldest, she'll see it, mm-hmm. and she'll understand. She's like, I know that you know, mommy's frustrated or daddy's, yeah. and they know to kind of to tread lightly in those moments. But they also know to give hugs. And, and they, they know, know like, I can show you hope and love in this. Yes, it's and that's been amazing. a heart-melting experience is, yeah. in the best way, not just because it's emotional, because you're realizing, wow, God is showing me love through the love of my child yes. right now. So good. And she is demonstrating love better than I've demonstrated love all day. And here she is. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a, and that repentance cycle, I think, ushers in those types of relational dynamics and conversations. All right, we're going to leave you with the three Bs. So B-E, B. And these bees are to help you in your (laughs) faith-filled parenting uh, and specifically when it comes to disciplining and loving your children well. So be in community with other believers. I think we can all help one another parent and love our children well. Sometimes uh, other people can speak into how we parent. That sounds hard. But if you have, again, faith-filled believers that are seeing you and they're trying Mm -hmm. to love you well, there's there's definitely a way we can do that. Uh, Be in your Bible daily. Be in it in bulk soak up your Bible, allow it to wash over you, allow it to be the authority uh, that governs how you love your children, how you parent them, and how you stick to your guns when they are trying to be the flood that overtakes you. <laughs> and then lastly, be in prayer, be communing with your Savior uh, together with your spouse, but also communing wow. with your Savior with your children and model that. So don't underestimate the power of the gospel uh, in your life, uh, in growing your faith, and being mm. faith-filled parent so that you can love your children well. Mm. They can see Christ in you, right? Kids, more things are caught than taught. And so let's let's model our faith. Let's model our repentance through yeah. our, our faith through repentance. Yeah. Uh, and let's just parent out of faith. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to say it. It's good. I love, <laughs> that you, I love that they have the three Bs <laughs> and not the do's, right? Yeah. So it's about who, who we are and, and the types of people that God is turning us into. Yeah. And um, let's pray. Okay. Lord, I thank you for your word once again. I thank you for your goodness, your grace once again. I pray for the parents mm-hmm. um, struggling with this and struggling with faith-filled parenting. Maybe mm-hmm. they parent more from a place of fear. They're always just afraid 
of how their mistakes are stacking up against them and against mm-hmm. their child. Lord, I pray that you would replace that fear with faith mm-hmm. and that that faith would result in faith-filled action, faith-filled love as they navigate the various trials and challenges and difficulties of parenting, whatever they may be. Your grace is sufficient. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Leave a question in the comments or uh, leave a review if you're listening on the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. That's how we get feedback from you. Mm-hmm. We want to make this content better and more helpful to you as we go on. And we do read those mm-hmm. questions and those reviews. So please do take time to do that. You made it this far into the video. I figured <laughs> you could take another 10 seconds to do that. So with that said, this episode of Fierce Parenting is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce.